Top Hill Recording Podcast, episode 164. Tonight, our guest, Daniel Kane. Tell us a little bit about that song. Yeah, so uh, that song is called Time to Go. It's actually my next single that's coming out. Oh, sweet. You guys just made my tour poster I just dropped. It's called The Time to Go Tour. What I'm doing is, uh, this is my second single I've released up to this date. And uh, that Copperhead? Yeah, the first one was called Uh Copperhead. Uh And the way I've been doing it is like, uh, I've had an artist, Jimbo Valentine, creatively theming the art to the lyrics and what he feels from the song. and then. We've been augmenting that into the tour poster, trying to theme and marry the awareness of the single, what the song is, and like who I am as an artist touring. 
But this one specifically uh, is kind of like uh, my take at like a clever way of doing a, a today's murder ballad, really, because it's unforgiving and it's kind of like, dang, like it's a little, a little dark and grim in the lyrics, to, mm-hmm. and it's about succumbing to addiction, okay. which I feel like happens a lot more. I mean, than like you know the Wild West murder ballad days. And stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, we're so, in the we're in the belt for yeah. sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And so it was just uh, that song is really about that, and it's just a dark tale about the faithful, unfortunate ending to something that's unaddressed. And uh, I grew up all around a lot of stuff like that, just like probably anybody. Um, but it, I don't know. I felt like it was real close at a real early age, and that I was learning why people weren't around no more mm-hmm. from stuff like that. So I kind of felt called upon in a way. To, I guess, make that kind of tone and nice one we got. Yeah, killer. Well, before we get too deep, uh, back again, Dusty Bow, co-hosting man, love it. Love Thanks it. for having me back. Well, let's let's do a little cheers, cheers for the cheers. night, you guys. A little yeah. ofo back at it. Cheers, you guys. Oh, yeah. Cheers to the corner. Cool. Where you at? Y'all, you got to come on. You got to be part. All right, there we go. Working. Yeah, we're, we're, we're All right, through me. Okay, there you go. <laughs> So, uh, you know, you talk about growing up, but speaking of growing up, you know, kind of take us back to uh, childhood and tell us when you knew uh, that music was going to be something that you were going to be doing okay, and, and had to have in your life. Yeah. Um, I had a real interesting, I didn't realize it because it's, it's your life as a kid, but yeah. I had a pretty peculiar raising with music. My dad was a local uh, highway man. Okay. Uh, he, was a, he was a honky-tonker, a blues man, and he even played upright bass in the bluegrass groups. Right. Uh, he ran his own guitar store on Main Street in the small town of Stanford where I grew up. Okay. And uh, it was called Main Street Music. My mom sang in the choir. They just loved music. And that that was like, to me, it was just my natural raising. So I, I just loved music. And I was raised on so many things. I had two older siblings, uh, or half two older siblings. So my... Oldest sister, she's 10 years older than me. She's born in 85. I'm 95. So right. I got a lot of like the grunge and the new metal, even as like a seven-year-old. I was just like oh, digesting yeah. all that. <laughs> Dad was like giving me Waylon Jennings tapes. Santa Claus was leaving ACDCs back in black under the tree. Right. I was just obsessed with Jimi Hendrix. And also I was a child of, you know, growing up into the aughts with the internet. And then I loved rap too and so i just love music man and my whole life i always just loved music so i got that is like a real rough context of how it got into my brain but i started playing guitar probably around the age of like nine ten um i've found a i'm a left i'm a true lefty um so my dad tried to get me started on a right-handed one like eight years old i remember i got a little tiny three-fourth size uh-huh. guitar for christmas i just couldn't do it man mm. like charles barkley swing y'all seen that <laughs> oh, yeah. it's like it's me with right-hand guitar like trying to play anything that just doesn't work so at that point were you uh like i mean you're in school so were you writing left-handed and doing everything else left-handed everything yeah okay everything just okay everything yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that makes sense. I mean, it, I wonder why well, he he owns a music store. He's probably like, 
Dude, left-handed guitars are too expensive. Yeah. I was just going to see about this right-handed thing. That's the funniest thing, man. Yeah. So what happened was my dad used to, uh, he would leave like a quarter on the counter. We lived in a real small town, and even before the internet took everyone's life over, it was, times were different in a small town even. You could be like my age and walk down the street by yourself, and mm-hmm. nobody really would have thought twice. Uh, so I would get home from school, and like my dad, when he still had the shop, he would leave like a quarter on the... Um, kitchen counter and then i could walk down to the family grocery on the way to his shop get a little fudge round be a little fat kid on the way to the <laughs> music store <laughs> and then he would like put me to work a little bit so i'd just be polishing up guitars just helping out and then one day i just saw a guitar that was a it was a strat copy it was a japanese hondo okay. red strat copy but it was left-handed i didn't oh. really even put it together but i was like why does this one look different mm. and he was like oh that's left-handed i go oh, okay you know i'm left-handed he goes oh that's right that's why dad that's was why. like not the most oh, attentive on certain things but oh yeah uh, he was a music man you know yeah <laughs> so anyways he showed me a couple chords that he I could tell he had like a spark in him and he pulled me behind the red cash register and he you know us sitting if you're holding a guitar in front of me it's like a mirror image uh-huh. so that's he just nice. starts putting the hand there and I'm just like got it yeah and he just let me take it home cause he was like holy yeah, this is <laughs> now, all we, now we got Hell something going. Yeah, yeah cool. I got a kid that's gonna take it over. Yeah, then I was immediately obsessed with Avenged Sevenfold and like the really hard rock and metal scene that was going on. And I was only like 10, 11. And then I think dad was like, damn it. <laughs> I think dad thought I would start picking a Telecaster maybe by 12, trying to, trying to play country, but I was more just like. <laughs> I can't make it on my own. Big A7X fan, man. Yes, man. Me too. I freaking love them still. But, uh, so I didn't end up getting too involved in any music scene. Like, my dad and mom weren't really encouraging me to play. So I was more of just like, I like to play at home. But like, it didn't even like take root in the way you're asking that question. Like, when I knew I was wanting to. It was like a dream that I felt like I kind of had to kick in the closet at one point. Okay, interesting. Well, uh, got to explain that a little bit. Yeah, essentially, I just remember I'd be talking about, like, I want to do this, I want to do this. And, uh, you know, they wouldn't be like, no, but it wasn't absolutely supportive, like me getting straight A's in school or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They weren't, they, I think they were more protective, probably. Of, Wanted you to take more predictable path? I think, yeah, I mean, I, I can easily say, and like, I'm not saying this to any shade. My dad passed away just a year ago. Oh, man. Sorry. Um, Sorry to hear that. And I, so I'm saying, I'm not saying this to any shade, but I remember one time I was like, yeah, I really want to be an artist as a kid. And they're like, where's the money? You know what I mean? But I, that's the thing. Like, I still get it. Like, I get it. I don't have any kids and I can only imagine potentially I'm going to say something like that as well. Yeah. Well, but and it's, it's not just like stuff like wrong. that to an impressionable kid. Mm-hmm. I'm probably high, more sensitive than the next fellow half the time, I, too. I, I completely get that. And so I just heard something like that and went, I'm not allowed. Yeah. You know, it was kind of something like that. Yeah, I, I, I definitely understand that. There's a, um, expectations you want to meet. And when you hear something like that from the, from people that you respect and love, obviously, and your parents, uh it can make you think exactly that. I've got to do what I'm supposed to do. Yes. I've got to... I've got to uh, and I did respect and love them because they were great parents. So yeah. it did actually... I was actually a very listenable child because they they treated me very well. You know what I mean? And that's why... Yeah. And that's why I did matter. That's exactly. Why, that's why you did question. It's not a... 
Yeah, no shade either from from uh, me on that. It's, it's but it's definitely understandable. Yeah, because but of you that. know how that can go. So yeah. that's the thing. As I start becoming like a teenager, it's like nobody cares because I'm established my independence as a young man. So rebellion starts to hit. I don't go into guitars and music. I actually start making rap with my friends, and right. freestyling and smoking and doing a bunch of stuff. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I kind of got into the idea of artistry through like creative writing, then like getting it on a beat and stuff like that first. Okay. So I don't know if you guys have heard of Cobberhead, but it's actually kind of got like a have, more of a beat centric yeah. inflection to it. Just because I have a natural also part of me. That's not just like crooning over a, over a few chords. Well, even what you played there was it had a lot of uh, you know rhythmic stuff to it that kind of laid down a beat. It kind of had a backbeat to it. Yeah, I so, almost can't help it. Yeah, no, I mean, I, it does come naturally if you have that. Uh, especially kind of raised how it seems you were with a bunch of music because I, I was like that too. I think a lot of us in this area, for some reason, generally are. There's a love for a ton of different music styles, hip-hop, uh, R&B, to hard rock, to, yeah. you know, and you can go out and see um, Louisville-based bands in every one of those categories that right. are really, really, really solid uh, that do intermesh and talk and communicate with other, uh, which is cool. Um but Which I, do I think th- is a thing of our generations. I do too. too. I like, do too. There's a lot of that was uh, 163, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of who gives a shit in your generation. Exactly. There's not it's uh, more judgment free. Yeah. Um probably because mm- thanks to the internet. Yeah. That's what my yeah. brain constantly goes like, why is that? And I go, cuz the internet. Cuz the, the iPhone happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I do think a lot of more uh, people that grow up that listen to hip-hop, and especially maybe even start in that area as far as writing and beats, do have a more rhythmic style of playing. So it does make sense that um, that led to you having that type of style on with your, with your well, hold on, with your left hand. It's always my, my right hand. hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your left hand. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, so to... <laughs> really like kind of cap off how I got here kind of with your question like what got me thinking this is what I'm going to do was like that is all necessary context it's just wild how life goes but 2020 I'm living in Nashville and uh, I'm within like three months of life I have this like just insane line of events like my grandpa on my mom's side passes not long before 2020 then February 2020, my grandma passes. Then March 3rd, I'm in the East Nashville tornado. What? Then, uh, and I'm trying to make ends meet as a genius tech at Apple down in Franklin, uh, like rich Nashville Mm -hmm. area. I live out in like East Nash. And uh, I get displaced from that. Ten days later, stocks crash and the world shuts down from COVID and I get my hours knocked out. I was having to like take extra shifts and stuff to make ends meet all the time. So it wasn't like they could guarantee me that mm. when I started working from home and I didn't even have a home <laughs> at the time. Yeah, geez. And then um, a month later, my dad gets diagnosed with like a terminal illness. And uh, all those things was just like, at some point it was like, you don't even feel it. You're just like, I'm in a video game. Like I'm in the matrix. And uh, so I ended up choosing to move back home so I moved back to Lex and, or I wasn't from Lexington, but I moved to Lexington. So I still 
have what I thought I needed for like some resources and whatnot for what I'm trying to do. And when I was in Nashville, I wanted to be making music, but it was just, I just want to go be an artist. It just had no limits. And it still doesn't. This is uh-huh. just what I'm doing right now. But like, what happened specifically with like how I've gotten to get sitting in a chair because some guys heard a song was my dad and me were kind of odds, I'd say, to be very, very honest. Um, not saying that was his fault. Yeah. Probably mine. Just again, out of being like a rebellious knucklehead mm. i'm gonna do life my way what are you doing after your school i'm gonna go to nashville and figure it out that's like pretty much was my answer I, I like i can serve i can bartend i can do a lot of charming things i'll figure it out that's a plan's a plan yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I don't it was a headstrong dream plan and i'm still on it but the way that steered was when he got sick i thought you know my, my brain really started to shift to this point of i'm gonna you know, bygones are bygones. We have a chance. He's got this diagnosis that doesn't mean he's gone today. We can get over whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't have to show up and be like, whatever, dad. I can be like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> hey, dad. Yeah. So we are starting to pick guitar more and stuff. Again, I'm starting to pick up my guitar, show him. I was playing a lot when I was like kind of having some sad months in 2020 and 2019 as a way to start. I don't know, spending time with myself in a healthier way. And uh, so me and him start playing guitar. He shows me like Wildwood Flower from a finger picking thing. I start falling in love with flat picking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy Strings starts to enter my brain at the same time. And I start just, all of a sudden, guitar is back on my mind like I'm 12. Mm-hmm. And my dad's at home. He's still healthy. That's like, literally, I know it sounds crazy, but my 24-7, like whatever else my last years were, whatever, like I'm just, back to that 12-year-old me with a guitar man being excited to be like, look what I can do, Dad. And then that started to turn into me trying to figure out, he was like, why don't you work up a set? Which was like the first time he'd ever said that, you know. So I start learning, uh, what is it? One of the Charlie Crockett songs, um, Welcome to Hard Times, which I thought was fitting for my life too. And that turns into somehow I got a performance slot to do that song somewhere. And I started doing an open mic then it's another open mic, then it's an opening for a show, then it's my own show, and then it just became its own thing. But it really just happened because me and my dad. Hmm. <laughs> it's interesting, man. You know, um, you, you, uh, you mentioned having a, a headstrong plan, basically, when after, after college, and, and that being the point where there was some friction. But, you know, I, I wonder... A lot of times, and I have three kids and they're all of the age where, you know, they're making choices in life to where it's going to be complete direction altering. And as as a parent, you've got to let them make those decisions, you know. So is it, do you feel like the the upbringing and, and part of wanting to be the, seem like somewhat of a pleasure for your parents? Um, and finally taking, I don't even think it's selfish. I think it's just saying, look, I'm going to give this a shot. Yeah. I'm 22 or whatever you are when you're, when you're at that age, uh, you've done everything that you probably should, you know, you've done in high school, you've done things correct. And and at that point it it is ultimately, you you know, you've got to choose a path and choosing to chase a dream is 
I don't think there should have been, I, I don't think there should be any shame in that. I think following, and I hope you like with my kids, you know, just to relate to myself in that situation on the other side of that, um, I will always have opinions of what I would hope that they become do. Sure. And it's always just going to be, I hope they're happy. Uh, and I'm sure that was his ultimate, but you know, there's a fear of at certain ages yeah. making a choice that will change things. But it's also wild that the rekindling and you actually getting started was you having to come back home. Yes. Uh, and, and it's like Simba ran back to Brad. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, man. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I, I hope that you don't, I don't know what you, your feelings or emotions are towards that because I'm sure it's conflicting sometimes, but I hope you don't Definitely, feel any. You, but it's still cool. Well, it's just, I hope you understand, like, dude, that you made the right choice for you and, and it led you to who you are today, what you, you do now. And I'm sure it's created a lot more uh, those downs and the times where you did have to get through those relationships and losses and freaking tornado where you're displaced. Uh, you know, it, it does create content for you later mm -hmm. on down the line. And it really is therapeutic, I think. Yeah. You know, we talk a lot about music being therapy and writing being therapeutic and, and, and being a way to kind of heal some wounds that you can't go back and fix, sure. but lets you mend out that, that emotion. So I don't know, man. The dad of me wants to say you did what you had to do and, and you did the right thing. Yeah, hey, I, I appreciate think, that. Yeah, I think um, it, it's funny you say that, like the fear or the hesitation, but how many people hesitate and don't pursue something like that because it seems like a bad decision to everyone else. I met a guy at a cookout the other day and uh, he was just, matter of fact, talking about something. He's like, yeah, you know, every once in a while you just make a bad decision, just deal with the consequences. Like, matter of fact, and I was like, whoa, wait. Because most people would probably hesitate and be like, no, that's a bad idea. I would never do that. But he's like, every once in a while, hey, man. I'm not saying it's a bad decision, but if other people perceive that as, a, oh, you can't, you know what I, I know mean? What you're saying. But well, to make that leap and do it, I think it's awesome that you're, you're doing, you did it and you're still doing it because I think a lot of people are afraid to do that and would never pursue that. Yeah. yeah. With what you were saying about like, you know, the craziest thing is like, this all really did have a flip too, even from his, his half of things because like before things, you know, before he passed, like he did say, that he thinks I'm one of the best songwriters he's ever heard of. Uh, and like, he's a no bullshitter. So regardless for what his opinion is worth, that he means that. And uh, I think it was just one of those things where risk turned into respect. Ooh. And I think he started to finally see like, oh, wait, I think this guy just wanted to be me. And maybe me trying to push him out of that stuff was how I... I th my, my, my theory's turned into like, maybe that was just the way dad saw himself. Maybe he thought he had insecurities that maybe where he wasn't bringing in six figures for the fam that maybe I thought he was a loser or something, which was never the case. But like, I can see how as I start to get closer to 30, how I'm still just as insecure and vulnerable inside as I was when I was 15. And that when I'm faced to be a provider and a protector one day with kids, I'm going to have to put, there's, I mean, I have choices. I can be vulnerable, but sometimes I can be as strong as I have to be, and that is silence and stoicism and maybe just being like, I don't know. Dude, I tell you if that what. that makes any sense. Like, I now it see does. it as a loving thing. It, where yes. I saw it as a resentful, rebellious thing to respond to, I, it, I now see it all as like, no, I get it. 
Well, but dude, I'm telling you, even at, at when you are a, a parent and and down the line and a little bit older, there's never a point for me, at least. I mean, I don't know how other people think, but I think a lot. Like I think you and I probably think like, I'm, there's never a point where I feel so steadfastly sure in a direction, or there's always a. a Am I doing? Am I doing things right? Am I making the right decisions? There's always a second guessing, and I, I've wondered my whole life. Like, and I didn't get it until I was older. Like, you know, people that are older than us think the same way too. I think. Mm-hmm. I think some people solidify who they are and do those, but I don't. I don't know if you ever don't question. Am I making the right decisions? Even if you are living a right and just life, like a good life where you're not hurting people, you're not making decisions that affect other people in any way, but even if it's just you and it's internal, is there ever a point where you are not battling? Absolutely. Especially living righteously or virtuously. Like I think the hardest part is you're choosing to care, which means you're choosing to be vulnerable, which what that does to me is actually make me question if I'm doing things the right way even more than say when I've been quote unquote rambling. Like, because I've also had periods where I'm just rambling around in life as a way from running from mm-hmm. looking at stuff or running from like the vulnerability of myself and just being like, no, look at this carnal thing that I can be. <laughs> look how wild this can be. And then when I'm in the spurts of those, I look back, I cared way less mm-hmm. because I cared lately less about myself. And it's almost, I questioned thing less, things less. And it was always a tornado that pulled me out of it, whether it was me being the tornado or literally or a real like tornado. God's tornado. Or a pandemic or yeah. whatever it was. That but had that to get all you. shaped my spirituality yeah. as well. It really did. Uh, so how so? I don't be making sounds of me over it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I, I, speaking of rambling, man, like, no, nah, I'm good. I can talk. Like, so no, you guys are good. like, let's do a song. No, Let me know. no I'm just but saying. how so, like, uh, did, it, did it change your spirituality? What do you mean? Like, uh, I just had went through a lot of phases. I was, I was uh, raised, my mom was a Catholic schoolgirl. My dad was like from Boone's Edler type folk, Scotch Irish canes. They, they, he was more like, church is in your heart uh-huh. you know one's pure system one's just like that's what i think and um he was actually even more stubborn than her so it was just all very you know conflicting immediately but still christian then i grew up in stanford kentucky where it's like really really stanford southern baptist you know like i love where i come from but straight up i can remember being in like elementary school and like teachers being like, is there any Catholics in here? And I was born Catholic. So I would raise my hand. They'd be like, oh, it's just Daniel. And then they'd be like, crack a Pope joke. And then like the whole class is laughing. Really? So like real quick, it's like I'm in this box of one faith label and yet none of it agrees in anywhere that's a caretaker or provider. I was like born to question. Things. Yeah. So I'll put it like that. Yeah. Sounds like it with your, uh, the artist and the, your dad sounds like the artist and your mom sounds the opposite. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And I understand uh, the battles. So that all was a huge battle. And then just, I always became this really stubborn person who was like, God, if you're real, you're going to have to show me. Like, I was, I went to pure logic in life in my head to really deal with things and look at stuff. 
And then, yeah, that whole season of life happened. And sure, yeah, randomness is a thing. Like, I understand. But, like, I don't know. I just went through that. I'm still going through the wake of grievance through things and, like, mm-hmm. through all this change. I look at the former self, and I just can't help but think God did that. Yeah. So it really shaped me to feel like a firm believer. Anyway. All right, man. Well, Brent's going to fire me if I don't ask you to play another song. <laughs> That's cool, man. <laughs> so, all right, what was it? Before you put that down, what, uh, tell us what you're going to play for us. Dude. Um, Something where you got to tune that string back, I think. Okay. We'll do that one. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> Let's do, uh, I'll, say, I'll play a blues one. It's called Black Dogs and Alley Cats. All right. Ooh, all right. <laughs>
Yeah, man. <laughs> Love that song. Thanks, man. It's awesome. like it's like bluesy Alice in Chains or something. Like, yeah, I dig it. Dig, man. dig it. Yeah, yeah, like I really. That's awesome. Some That's of the, the stuff. best thing someone's ever said about that. <laughs> <laughs> I like there's, it. Uh, there's there's parts that you were doing, like like guitar wise, some of the licks you were playing that were very. Uh, when you mentioned like get, being in a new metal and grunge, it wasn't like just standard blues licks. Like you were throwing in some like alternative kind of pick in there, which I dig. Thank you. Ooh, yeah, man. yeah, I appreciate that. Very cool song. The yeah, guitar, so- that guitar too sounds awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good, good pick. Yeah, Thank man. You so much. Yeah. So it's uh, a '74 Guild big folk star jumbo. Seventy-four and lefty made in Dude, Rhode Island. It's beautiful. Wow, yeah, it, it looks brand beautiful. new. Yeah, seventy-four. I, I know. I was amazed when I found it. I just found it recently, just November. So it's a seventy-four, not like a seventy-four reissue. It's like an actual wow, real seventy-four. Yeah, that thing yeah, it looks like, like, it's like been played. That's awesome. Looks like it was under it's somebody's got, bed. They've got an arch back on them back then. Ooh, oh, wow. I thought it was super cool. That is super. That nice. is a beautiful guitar, I was man. Just like, I wish I could play it. It's like twenty pounds. It's, oh wow, it it's is very heavy. Yeah, I've got yeah. a... Uh, it's acoustic electric, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've got a 1980 Guild in, uh, D4NT, and it is the heaviest acoustic I have by a lot. And you said a 1980? Yeah, 1980. so that was still made in Rhode Island, I think. I, I mean, dude, it was it's so heavy. Yeah. It's like... I did a lot of research on them after I got it, and I saw, like, kind of the whole history of Guild. They're they're really, it's a cool company. Yeah. They were kind of a rebel to the rebels. It's, yeah, I love the guitar, man. I got it from uh, someone someone I knew who had passed away, and I ended up with it. Um, And it is a super, super cool instrument. It's definitely not in that shape, but, dude, it's a cool instrument. Is it a dreadnought? Yes. Yeah. No. That's not, not, no. No jumbo. It's not that big. It doesn't sound that big either. Yeah. It doesn't sound like that one. Um, you mentioned like ACDC-ish. What, what, are you, what were your influences? I know you mentioned some growing up, but as far as like the songwriting goes, it, it seems like a bit more of a mixture. So like Sorry. where do you pull your influences from your for, for songwriting? For songwriting, man. Like where, do you think it's just your own deal or, or like... Uh, probably, honestly. And I know that we're all just passing, we're borrowed time and we're all just energy passed on. But at the same time, like, I really have tried my whole life. I, the funniest thing is, like, I told you that whole background context. And yet the whole time my dad would still let me ask the dreamer questions. Be like, you know what I mean? Like, how do you, like, write your own stuff? You know, <laughs> he still was like, let me. And I remember, like, having a conversation once where it was just kind of like, well, Try not to sound like anyone else. So maybe just try not to, as in don't even look at, just don't even try. Like, don't even like go like, I'm going to write in the style of this. Yeah. Uh, So I think one thing that helped though was having so many different influences in general with just liking music. Yeah. And then I started, I always naturally uh, wrote creative things, blurbs and whatnot. Yeah. uh, and then, like I said, I started writing freest- or freestyling and mm-hmm. then writing raps. And then I had poetry class once and really liked that. And then I got into like the writers of like Charles Bukowski and Kurt Vonnegut. So it was almost like author type people that I started to get inspired by with writing. And then when it came to music, it's probably an auditory thing where I'm still, I'm sure I'm influenced by certain people with, with, yeah. with it. But 
It's really hard to say. I don't know. Mm. Like, you got a real unique voice. When, when did you start singing? Like, when did you kind of find your... Yeah. First time I ever sang in front of people, I was 20. I was 20. I, was, I went mm. abroad in school. And I was at a campus pub in Reading, England. And I bumped into this German-Turkish girl named Barry. And she had Barry in the O's. She was starting a band. So what literally happens, I bump in. I go, oh, I'm sorry. He goes, are you American? And all this. And then I'm like, yeah, yeah. Do you want to sing in my rock band? <laughs> Absolute <laughs> next question. Not, who are you? What, right. Not, do you like music? Literally, that was it. I go, what? He goes, yeah, you have an American voice. It'll sell. It'll work. <laughs> and, and I just go, you know, she doesn't know. I just, it was one of those things where I was like, maybe God is real. <laughs> it's just another, like, one of those back then. And I go, yeah, let's do it. Turns out she was true lefty. She brings to the first wow. practice a nylon oh, string of left-handed bro. guitar. And I freak out. Yeah. No kidding. And then that first time was we were learning the kinks and, like, the doors and, Ooh. like, Beatles covers oh, yeah, with, like, these British kids. Jim Morrison, awesome, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'd like yeah. to revisit it because, yeah. yes, the Lizard Man was the first thing to ever enter me as uh, the idea of thinking, wait, pause. <laughs> Back up. <laughs> you know what you're saying. Jim Morrison's the Lizard King <laughs> and his spirit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was influenced by things like that for the first performance ever. But let me say, that first performance, we're at this place called Global Cafe, and I just remember being like, is this actually happening? I think I was drunk every single day of being abroad. Like, <laughs> not kidding. There's this thing called Frosty Jacks, hard cider, and you could get for like three pounds, three liters oh, in wow. one bottle. Damn, and me dangerous. and my friends had this game of finish <laughs> yeah, the bottle and you're, you're done. <laughs> Frosty Jack. But yeah, like when I say like I can't remember too much, it's kind of true, and I'm sorry. That if my mom ends up listening to this, but she knew I was sowing my oats. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> I just remember being, like, so nervous, and, like, I don't think the performance went that well. <laughs> I did it, but I just remember being not, like, That's one to most, forget it immediately. <laughs> the most important thing is that you did it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That the was juices. the first time I took the stage, and then the next one is I went back to America and had the bug now for the idea of performing. I thought gotcha. it was cool. And I joined this uh, Central Kentucky Folk Ensemble at my school that I was at. Called No Folking Way. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't. Yeah. That's a great thing. I, I told you I got kids, man. I'm a dad. I got a folk. Jimmy Hendrix was one of my jokes. first absolute heroes. Ooh. I don't know. That's was just it the lefty? General. I uh, loved that he was a lefty. That had to be a part of it. And uh, he was just cool. Is My Townsend dad had a, a poster of him with the no. at Monterey burning the guitar. Uh, oh, yeah. And I was in his guitar shop. So every day I'd walk in and go, you know what I mean? Kind of that like real kiddish look. I think you were either at that stage in life, not not us, like our parents. They were either the Jimi Hendrix fo- po- poster or the Fair Fawcett poster or no poster. My dad right. was a no poster. <laughs> I would have definitely been a Jimi Hendrix poster. You'd have been a Jimi Hendrix poster. I think my dad actually did have the Farrah Fawcett poster. Told you. I you say that. Told you, man. <laughs> That's hilarious. Not growing up, but he told me about it before I was born. How do you, yeah. I've heard of the Farrah Fawcett poster. Yeah, the one on the beach or something. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. man. I just taught know that there was a poster. <laughs> taught a lot of kids about their anatomy. All my posters uh, <laughs> involved rock bands for sure. Some yeah. type of music, 100%. <laughs> or a chord chart or something like that. 
I had like UK basketball players. Yeah, I know I'm in Louisville, so I don't know if I'm it's all right, toes, man. I'm but... a fan, but it's okay. Yeah. We're, we're nice. Yeah, no, I, my whole family's from Louisville. We actually are a divided family. It's kind of fun. Ooh. Except when it's not, but it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except when you're being awful to each other, just tearing each other apart because no, of right. no. so, <laughs> Because of people know that we don't even know. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. It's awful to be a Louisville a UFL fan lately, but it's okay. We're all on the hard hand for like come back, baby. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Has to be optimism at its finest. <laughs> all right, so Brad, uh, Brad, I always mention Brad. This is Brad's questions of the week. Brad's who I'm filling in for. Yeah, you're well, so you Word. get to read the questions. Uh-oh. All right, Did so, it try to sound a little bit like him too. No, I'm kidding. All right. <laughs> What's something non-musical people should know about you? Uh, something non-musical that people should know about me. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know, man. Y'all heard me just talk in a million directions. I'm like... Do uh, commercial voiceovers for like, you know, fabric right. softener. Hey. You forgot to add your fabric <laughs> softener. You could, dude. What people should know. So now I'm trying to think could, what people like something cool. don't know yeah, don't off know. my social media even. There you so go. I'm trying to think. All right. Because, you know, we put our hobbies on there, too, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, what people should know is I come from Stanford, Kentucky. Um, and I'm devoted to being a good family man. Um, and I believe in treating each other right. How there you that? go. There you go. Awesome. <laughs> I don't, uh, I guess we'll qualify that. Yeah, <laughs> something about my mind. Uh, something, tell us something cool about you, man. No, I'm just kidding. I got one tattoo. All right, it's not visible. It's not. It's on my calf. It's a oh, mandala. Go. That oh, this is a good one because I'll plug my homie Trace Goodwin tattoos. All right, and he also has designed some of that cool custom art posters that I've okay. Uh, done. But he did that day before I moved to Nashville. Nice. A few years back, it's a black and gray mandala. Very, very cool. Many people probably know that. All right. Now we got some. <laughs> got some. All right. <laughs> Number two. Tell us about a nightmare gig or embarrassing thing that happened to you on stage. Mm, nightmare gig. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got a good one on that. So I played this thing and it was like my first hometown show since I've been doing this thing. And like really thankful for all the support I've been getting from my hometown. Um, but because of that, there's a lot of people there. And uh, Sarah remembers this. Um, I'm about 20 minutes from my performance of this thing called Road Warren Revival. And I like bust out of the bathroom and I just say, babe, my pants are ripped right up my whole crack. I'm not <laughs> wearing anything. I'm going free ball and I'm oh, commando, no. no boxers. So that was hilarious and embarrassing. And like, go get the duct know. tape. We will fix so, this. Yeah, so luckily I didn't live too far because I'd recently moved back uh. closer to home. <laughs> so I was able to speed home and really hustle it back right before the set. But uh. it was embarrassing because it was like, I still had to walk through like a you lot of people. Place. A lot of people. Oh yeah, it was right the 20 minutes before the performance. How been did hanging out, happen? schmoozing. I honestly have no How idea. How long had it been like this? I stretch a lot when I get anxious and I'm nervy before performances sometimes. So I just be like hanging around, stretching. and Like, why is Daniel doing calisthenics in the corner? <laughs> That's a question a lot of people probably ask. Sarah, Sarah probably just goes, it just happens. It just, wow. It's kind of like That's hilarious. the other way after some point. <laughs> hey, man, at least you uh, didn't do it 
Bob performing, I guess. Yeah. It's still rough. It was still uh, right in front of a lot of people. I still had to walk out with a bare ass to my truck. Pretty much. Did anybody start like whistling or anything? Or like, <laughs> Yeah, words spread pretty fast between the friends. <laughs> and most people were friends. So, words and cheeks fantastic. spread everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good one. <laughs> better than the first answer I had. <laughs> that's good. All right. Third and final question. Who is the last local artist you listened to? Mm, the last local artist. Nolan Taylor. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Lexington. I, I uh, sent him a message today. Oh, Nolan, man. He's a great guy. Yeah. He blood. seemed like it. I, yeah. I, yeah well, I'm trying to get him on here, but uh, he's a little bit popular right now. Oh, man. he's His calendar is filling up. Yeah, I think he's like, going on tour with uh, Charlie Puckett. Crockett? Crockett? He's going to be playing Crockett. with Charlie, oh. L. King, 49, Winchester, Charles Wesley Godwin. Is, like, he, is he playing it. with them? In, Charlie Crockett's playing Manchester, it's, or no. Um, the Borough. Tomorrow, oh. he's playing Paris Town. Oh, here? Paris Town Hall move, yeah. Well, I, he may, I don't know if he is or not. I know he's yeah, playing. He's, uh, he's doing the Railbird pre-party at the Borough cool. with him, is what he's doing. You Railbird said you got some school. tour dates coming up. Where you yeah. Where are you going to be playing? I'm going to be doing, let's see, just in this month coming up, for I'm playing 420 Pharmacy Fest, Kentucky CBD Pharmacy. Fun. Playing a little private festival called Get Down on Versailles in Lexington the day after. Headlining that with a full band. Cool. And then in May, um, I'm going to be playing The Burl with Rob Linus. I don't know if you guys know who that is. Uh-huh. So you should check him out. He's really good. He's a road dog and highway man, honky tonk and... He's a young buck. Cool. He's got some good music. Um, that was a cool... Talk about just like sometimes like being able to take a no and like I just randomly I saw that guy post his summer tour and I've been following his music for about a year now and I was like it was like a road dog tour. It's like oh, the whole summer just booked mm. all over the country. I'm like he's doing it. And uh, I saw he was playing Lexington the Burl and I saw he didn't have a support act. So I just straight up just hit him up in the DMs. I'm like, what up, man? Here's my song, Copperhead. If you like it, you should let me open for you at the Burl. He was like, good song. You're hired. Love that. That's awesome. That's awesome. It was cool. <laughs> That's so, great, man. Uh, I'm doing that, and then I'm playing in Chillicothe, Ohio, Steiner Speakeasy later in the month, and then playing Duke's Indy in Indianapolis. Today. Oh, nice. Cool. So. All right, on. You want to play us another song? Let's do it. All right, what you got for us? Oh, um... Man, I like feeling them out as I go. This will be, uh, I'll, I'll play all the more uh, slowed down ones called uh, There's a Lot More. Hi. There's a lot more to home Songs about cold There's a lot more ways For you to lose your soul There's a lot more to home Than a bag full of pills There's a lot more to life than a mess of cheap thrills 
There's a lot more to say Saying more than There's a lot more to do Than you don't give a damn There's a lot more to me Than what you see in this life There's a lot more to me Than I'm doing all right The bluegrass, the bourbon The horses, the wine The wildcats, the churches Cardinals and crime The hard-working families Can't turn a dime Yeah, but somehow We'll make it To Saturday night Where I sing to my home All these songs about gold All of the ways that I'm losing my soul Well, I'll sing to you folks About a bag full of pills Well, I'll sing about life And it's message threads Cause I ain't much more to say Saying more than Hell, I ain't much more to do So here I am Well, I ain't much more to me Than what you see in this life I ain't much more to me But I'm doing all right That low register, man, you, you're uh, yeah, awesome. your lower end on the vocals are awesome. I love it, yeah. yeah you got a, like a true, true old school, like country low end. Baritone. Yeah, mm-hmm. Love it. Dig it. So you play guitar. Well, you play guitar. Do all three yeah, of y'all play all guitar? Do. Yeah. So uh, have y'all ever played a baritone guitar? Mm-hmm. No. I, I have not. Have y'all ever heard of Eastwood guitars? Yeah. yeah. I just got a baritone resonator electric. With mm. a P90 and Piezo. No cuffs. kidding. And it's like this, just, yeah, this dinosaur, like this, I don't know, thing. Uh, so it's just tuned like a whole register lower than a normal. Yeah, guitar? it's got like longer, thicker strings, and it's in B standard if you want to have it in a standard tuning. Um, but I just got that. That was the first time I've ever played a baritone. She's been hearing me play a bunch of like surf rock riffs. <laughs> I bet it sounds down. cool as hell. Yeah, it sounds cool and it's swampy and sleazy. It's awesome. Yeah, no doubt. I've seen an eight string recently, uh, baritone acoustic online. Yeah, 
a lot of the stuff I started seeing, they said eight strings or a lot of the baritones. Apparently. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, like fatter strings. I don't know. I'm assuming that is. Or an electric. Yeah. It is. yeah. It's kind of like, it's like 13 gauge strings on it, which oh, wow. is like, you know, that's what I got on these. Steve, yeah. Steve Raybon's normal strings. Yeah, the train wreck bin. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, so uh, I guess for all our listeners, kind of let us know where they can find you online and uh, where you, I think you mentioned where you're going to be, but anything you can think of to kind of steer them in the right direction. Yeah. Um, um, my social media is king right now. Um, I'm working on getting a website down. Um, but Daniel Todd Kane on Instagram, uh, D-A-N-I-L-T-O-D-D-C-A-I-N. And Daniel Kane on Facebook is where I keep everything updated, where all the news and announcements pretty much are. All your shows and everything all on All the shows. And then uh, on all streaming platforms, I have my first single out uh, for my first album that I'm working on. It's called Copperhead, and then May twelfth, uh, time to go, which I played first. That's coming out um, right around the corner. Yeah, it's like having a baby. It is, man. It's wow. literally like birthing things. I feel like I've been pregnant with it for a couple years. <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect to the pregnants. No, I know no. that y'all will be really y'all the real the ones. Same. <laughs> it doesn't feel the same, but it is a little artist baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I've for told sure. Sarah before many times. I'm like, I'm pregnant with music right now <laughs> <laughs> it's time to bird those things yeah. so how many you've got uh you're mentioning working on a record you've got copperhead that's out and then uh time to go coming out what what all do you have done do you have a, enough yeah. to release now what, what's going on with no that i'm about halfway done with it with the album are I'm you gonna do like full length album yeah it's like nine ten songs okay uh and i'm i've got um uh, four songs largely done nice um we are gonna end up doing pretty much like a second half mainly for budgeting and literally just making this thing like affordable yeah. i'm working with an awesome producer his name's Dwayne lundy okay um and i've heard Dwayne lundy he's great man he's great he's great especially if you're the first time working with a producer and you want to do real quality and somebody who you know can read you i've watched him with other artists and he's different because that's who they need uh-huh. He's like, he's good. Okay. Right on, man. We'll be looking forward to that. So, May, uh, right around the corner, new, yeah. new song, record to follow. Right. All right. So, we uh, place another one on the way out. Is there a thing? What are you going to play? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have to answer it. Just feel it out. Let's do it. <laughs> Perfect. Free. 
think back to see here too Laugh at the things I thought I knew Time could only show what I couldn't see Yes, I'm going back to being me Appreciate it. Awesome.